0: So, about 25 years ago, if you can imagine that, I was studying at the university in Canada, studying music, voice performance, and it was my first time being out of home, my first time to find this newfound freedom not under my parents, you know, roof, and this is my time to explore something brand new, something I hadn't explored before being growing up in a Christian family. And I wanted to try everything. I wanted to see what the world was all about and why everyone wanted to live a life like that. It didn't take long for me to realize that this kind of lifestyle wasn't really what I was searching for. And it really certainly wasn't sustainable. And it really didn't bring me freedom that I thought that I had. You get to this point where you have no money because you spend it all on things you shouldn't spend it on. And you're able to focus on study because you're doing things that you shouldn't be doing and getting distracted by other things. And I was at this place of real unhappiness. And I remember one day, and I can remember the picture vividly in my head, as I was coming out of one of my classes at university, and I was standing at the edge of the road, and I was I remember even the parking meter that was standing next to me, and I remember just being at this place of just, there's got to be something more to life than this. And in that moment, I heard this voice say, there is. And I remember looking around going, who was that? And there was nobody standing there. And um, it was I realized afterwards, and I wasn't familiar at the time with it, but it was God speaking to me in that moment, trying to get my me back on track again. Have you ever heard God speak directly to you? Has that something that's ever happened to you before? It's an incredible gift to have a God that loves to communicate with his people. And in the Bible, you know, we have lots of instances and examples of where God is speaking to his people. He usually spoke through prophets, a lot of times as we read through scripture, but there was a lot of instances where he spoke directly to his people. Here's just a couple, because there are so many, I'm just going to give you a few, and I'm going to blow through these real quick. So if you want to remember these, maybe take a photo. He spoke to Moses through a burning bush about how he was going to lead people out of slavery. He spoke to to Noah directly about how he was going to bring a flood and wipe out all mankind and that he was going to save Noah and his family. He gave Noah specific instructions of how he was going to build that ark. He spoke directly to Jonah about going to Nineveh and preaching there. He spoke to Elijah in a number of different ways, but one of the most interesting is that he spoke to him in a whisper and said, what are you doing here? This is the path you need to go on. He spoke to, to many through dreams, like Jacob, when, he's, when he fell asleep and he said, like, this land that you're laying on, I'm going to give this to you, and I'm going to bless you and your descendants. He spoke to Gideon in a number of different ways, first through a prophet, then through an angel that was literally standing in front of him. And, and again, he confirmed things to Gideon through um, the fleece, through signs and wonders. He spoke through dreams. One clear one that we often hear is Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar, that Daniel interprets and tells him that his power and his reign is going to be over soon and that his days as a king are numbered. He spoke to him through writing on a wall as well. God spoke through a donkey to Balaam and said, you're on the wrong path. He spoke to Mary and Joseph through angels and said, you're going to have a son, even though you're a virgin, and he's going to be named Jesus, and he's going to save people from their sins. So we could spend ages going through scripture and seeing all these different encounters that God has speaking to his people. So we know that he does love to speak to his people and he's not bound by one way to speak to us. He loves to talk to us. But what if we're in a place where we're not seeing any burning bushes or angels visiting us or having dreams or visions? or a donkey speaking to us. If hearing from God isn't something we've experienced, is that okay in our Christian faith? Well, I believe that God is speaking, but we might perhaps be unfamiliar with the sound of his voice. So if hearing God speak isn't familiar to us, where do we start? where do we start? If it's not familiar and he is speaking to us, how do we make it become more familiar to us? Well, over the past weeks, we've been on this journey about spiritual habits and rhythms um, of Jesus that are a series of practices basically designed to help position us in a place to become familiar with hearing God's voice. So are you taking your Sabbath, are you spending time in silence and solitude? Are you reading your scriptures? Are you spending time in prayer? Are you having time to celebrate through worship? These disciplines help us focus and they help make God central and they, become, and they help us become familiar with him so that we can be positioning ourselves so that we can hear from him the best that we can, because we've positioned ourselves and we have tuned ourselves to him and know the things and we can hear the things that he is saying and the things that he's asking of us. So if we're having a hard time maybe hearing his voice, have we positioned ourselves in such a way to hear him speak? The years that I was running around in uni doing my own thing at that time, God could have been speaking in that space, but I wouldn't have been in a place to hear. And I had placed barriers and distractions that kept me from hearing from him speak. There have been even times as a committed Christian, I've struggled to hear God speak. And I have been in a space of feeling spiritually dry. And I've learned for me that practicing these disciplines that we've been talking about have helped me get through those dry seasons. He hasn't necessarily always taken them away, but helped me get through these spiritual dry seasons and have my spiritual ears open to what he has to say. But I had to make an intentional choice. I had to create space to position myself to hear. Have we positioned ourselves hear him speak. I wonder if the most common reason why we might fail to hear God speak is that our hearts aren't open to him. It's harder for us to listen if if our hearts are hardened, or we're distracted by other things, or we're running away. It's not impossible, but it's much harder. Have you ever tried to have a conversation with someone who's looking at their phone, or their watch, or running out the door? Or being distracted by something else, watching TV. Just this week I saw this Facebook meme that of a wife saying to her husband, You weren't even listening, were you? And he thinks to himself, huh, that's a strange way to start a conversation. <laughs> we need to position ourselves to hear. A couple years ago, our family decided to get a poppy. He's a beautiful border collie mixed with Bull Arab. And his name is Kylo Ren. Look how cute he is. He's so cute. Don't let the cuteness fool you. Has anyone ever got a puppy before? It's fun, but it requires a lot of work, lots of attention. It's seriously, I said to Lee, it's like having another child. At first, like most most puppies, he had to be trained. He didn't even know his name when we got him. In fact, he had a different name when we first got him. But the more familiar he got with us, and the more time he spent with us, the better he responded, and he began to work out what different commands would mean and what different words would mean. At first, it was things like, Kylo, come. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, come. Or a favorite of his is food. Oh, yes, food, I'm ready. I'm sitting, I'm ready. Uh, Go for a walk or go for a run. Yes, yes, he's ready to do that, loves to do that. And one familiar one he's not such a fan of is Naughty puppy. Naughty. He becomes familiar with us that we eventually don't even have to say words. He could just tell what we were saying by our demeanor or by really tiny cues that we would give him. He'd see Lee put his runners on, ooh, we're going for a run, we're going for a run. You know, he he could start to sense things. He was so in tune, eventually I could train him to do things that he couldn't do initially because he had to learn to obey first. First, you know, it was just the coming and the food and the going for a walk. But then it became sit, stay, lay down, roll over, jump over sticks. What else can we get you to do? But this took constant practice lots and lots of practice. And I'm sure you can connect what I'm saying to you right now about this dog and about our faith and and connecting with God. And if I'd miss practicing with him, he'd soon forget what the commands would mean. I'd say, lay down, and he'd he'd be sitting and rolling over and trying to jump and doing all sorts of things, trying to figure out what I was asking him to do because he wanted to please me, but because he was so unfamiliar with the command again, he was missing the actual thing that I was asking him to do. And he was out of practice. He was unfamiliar with the words that I was asking him. And sometimes we can be out of practice and, and unfamiliar with hearing God's voice. And at times, I wonder if we approach God the same way, jumping about like Kylo, trying to guess, just trying to guess what what God is wanting us to do, what the Master wants us to do, doing all these fantastic things, but they're not actually what I've commanded you to do. And there was a boy, Samuel, who wasn't familiar with God's voice in 1 Samuel 3, but he had someone to teach him how to respond, and this boy, Samuel, he ministered before the Lord under Eli. And in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. And one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, he was laying down in his usual place, and the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was laying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. And the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli, and he said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back and lay down. So he went and he laid down. And again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up. He went to Eli and he said, here I am. You called me. My son Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back and lay down. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. And the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel. Samuel got up, went to Eli and said, here I am. You're calling me. Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lay down. And if he calls, you say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went and he lay down in his place. And the Lord came and he stood there, calling out as other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And Eli trains Samuel how to respond to God in that moment. He tells him, speak, your servant is listening. Our culture doesn't tend to like the master-servant relationship. It's not popular in these days. But back then, Eli is showing Samuel, it's in the heart attitude as a servant that we approach God. A servant doesn't go to his master and say, "So, what can you do for me? Can you do this for me?" He doesn't go to a master and say, "You need to do this for me now." A servant comes to his master and he says, "What can I do for you? What else do I need to do? Speak, your servant is listening." I was thinking the other day, the other day, I wonder if we approach God more like a cat. Who here has a cat? Yes, you might know. Now, this isn't a cat versus a dog conversation because I do like both cats and dogs, although in my household, there is big fans for dogs and not cats. But in my experience, this is my experience, a cat could care less what I ask it to do. So here is a cat sitting on a laptop while you're probably trying to work. And... Cats will move and do most everything on their own terms, in their own time. Very rarely, and I wonder if we approach God that way sometimes, you know, on our terms, in our timeline. And I think rarely do we come to God and just say, you know, God, what do you want to say to me today? Without an agenda. When we do approach God, it's usually... When we do have an agenda and when we do have a timeline and we're at this point of desperation or we have a need or we're so overwhelmed and we just need him to intervene right now and we don't actually come to him from a place of ongoing relationship, we actually come to him in a place of transaction. We're desperate. What can you do for me and can you do it now? But my question for you today is, are we searching to journey with him or searching to get what we want from him? Are we searching to journey with him or are we searching to get what we want from him? Eli told Samuel, go and lay down and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So there are many times that I'm driving in my car. I'm going for a walk that I have the best conversations with God. And I think it's because I don't have any agenda in those times. And I have my spiritual ears open in that space for whatever reason. I don't know if it's just that I don't have other distracting things around me. And it's in these open prayer times that, that God draws specific people or specific situations into my heart and into my mind to pray for. And I'm not sure why I'm surprised by this, but the very word or the verse or the scripture or the picture that he gives me is exactly what that other person needed to hear. Or he gives me, in those space and times, personal faith challenges. He wants me to consider them and he, and he knows that they will help me in my faith growth. And it's in these moments he gives me keys to unlock certain situations that I might have been struggling with for maybe even years but I've often come with my agenda rather than with an open heart. And it's in the openness of our relationship that I can hear him more clearly because it's a relationship, not a transaction. And I've invited him into that space to journey with me. And I have a number of ways that God does speak to me in a variety of different ways. One specific time that often happens is I'm in worship, if I'm worshiping, God will speak to me in that space because my heart is open. Often through creation, when I'm standing outside and I'm seeing the beauty of what is around me, I am I'm at this place of awe and my heart is open and God can speak to me in that space. Often when I'm praying because I'm focused and intentional, I'm not distracted by a thousand other things, I can hear him more cl- clearly because my ears are open and my heart is open. I'm an outward processor, so I I do things outwardly to figure out what I really think inside. So journaling is an excellent way for me to process and for God to speak to me in that time. Oftentimes, I'll write stuff, and I won't even remember what I've written. I'll look at the next day, and it's exactly the word God needed to give me in that moment, in that time. There are so many times when reading scripture that God speaks to me through his word. And he did it again this morning through what Chrissy brought this morning, which I thought is so interesting. When I'm reading scripture, I find that I want to be really intentional. So sometimes we like say, oh, I can't hear God speak through scripture. I read it and it's like a bunch of words on a page. So I had to start being intentional because that's happened to me before too. So what I've done is I read it through. That's your one read through. Then you read it through again. And then oftentimes, I'll have to read it through the third time, and I say, the kind of thing of speak your servant is listening, or Lord, show me something in this scripture that you want to show me, that you want to teach me. And lots of times, it can be one word or one phrase or one verse that will stick out to me. And recently, the word or phrase or scripture that God's been speaking speaking to me about over and over and over again for probably the last almost a year now since we started planning this year's um, sermon themes has been putting into practice. And I'm starting to see, and when God highlights something, you start to see it everywhere. Oh, you know, when I put this into practice, it's wisdom. Those that hear my words and put them into practice will inherit the kingdom of God. This morning, Chrissy said in her scripture, those who put these things into practice, what were the things? Whatever is true, whatever's lovely thinking on these things, if you put these things into practice, what do you get? Peace. It's like, ooh, that was a new one. I hadn't read that one quite yet. And all of a sudden, I see this thing that's coming through. And another thing that is very helpful is when you read the scripture, find out the context. Who did he write it to? Why did they write it? Why was it important for them to hear this message? Why was this story important? And as I unpack that, I learn the lesson that God wants to teach me. So scripture is probably the biggest way that I find that God speaks to me. We have his word. I also hear God speak through his holy spirit. In John 14, Jesus says to his disciples, he's telling them he's about to leave. These disciples have given up everything. They're all to follow him. And then he says, "I'm going to leave." Ah. Okay. What's the plan? <laughs> and Jesus says to them, "I'm going to give you a teacher. I'm going to give you a guide, and he's going to remind you of everything I've said. And this is the Holy Spirit. And for me, when God speaks to me through his Holy Spirit, it's it's a prompting or a quickening in my spirit, often outside of my natural tendencies, where he calls me to do something or sometimes not to do something. And he's teaching me the way to go. And it's guiding me in my journey. And the Holy Spirit speaks to me, and there's often an action to it. For example, a couple weeks ago when we had our lockdown, the first lockdown probably a couple months ago now, I felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit to bake cookies for my neighbor. It's a very simple, easy sort of challenge. And this conversation or this baking of cookies created a connection with the neighbor that we would never have had otherwise. We would have just driven by them all the time. But because of that prompting of the Holy Spirit, we now have a connection. We can watch their place when they're away. They'll watch ours. We can, they come and talk to our dog and all that sort of stuff. And we have this connection now that wasn't there before. I also often hear God speak through others. Has that ever happened to you before? Again, there was that example even just this morning with Chrissy when she spoke in that time, but it was also through his word. But just like how Eli helped Samuel discern his voice, God's voice, we can also ask other believers for understanding when hearing God speak and say, yep, that's, that's God. Sometimes God will place things on other people's hearts for you. Sometimes it can be challenging, encouraging, strengthening. Just before Lee and I moved to Australia, we were at a missions conference in Florida. And we asked a friend to pray over us before we went. And as he prayed, he had a picture of two lighthouses. And he said to us, you know, that number two is going to be really significant to you when you move to Australia. We're like, oh, cool. In the moment, we didn't know for sure if that was a God thing. We're like, that's cool. You can't really test it and know for sure in that moment. And so we received it. We said, thank you. And we left and we came here. It was four years later that we started to see fruit from that word. But we needed to know that it was there. It had to happen in that time. Four years later, we had a set of twins that we lost. Two babies. And we were going through the grieving process and mourning the loss of that, and we had decided to do a memorial down in Queenscliff. Has anybody been to Queenscliff Beach before? We're standing out on the beach, and we're going through this process, and we look up. Guess what we see? Two lighthouses. Lee and I look at each other. We hadn't been to Queenscliff before. The person praying for us had never been there before. We're like, oh, and what that said to us in that moment is, God is here in the midst. This is all part of the plan. It's okay. I'm here with you. I'm here with you. We were at the most broken time in our life. We were completely broken, absolutely messed up in our hearts, grieving the loss of these two babies. Two babies, two lighthouses standing there gleaming as we had this memorial service. Two years later, we had two more babies, twin boys. And you can't, negate that word that he's given to us as we drove to look at a new house we wanted to buy someone had painted a lighthouse on the side of their house we must be on the right path we said got to the house looked at the house number two must be our house bought the house it's been the best blessing in our life it's amazing when you allow God to speak to you through other people but we also need to be aware you need to test and see if it's true You have to ensure for yourselves that it is from God. Someone can speak something over you, but it might be coming from the heart motivation, wrong heart motivation. And you need to check and see for yourself if this is a true word. There might be hidden agenda behind their words because they might know a bit of your story. It's so important that we discern and check if it is actually God speaking to us. And there are three things that I do when we discern God's voice. First is we check through the word because anything that he's going to speak to us is never going to go against his word. Ever. Ever. So any word or picture or thought always has to align with his word and align with his character. And how do we get to know his character? We have to read his word and we have to get to know him and spend time with him. Ding, ding, ding. More... Those spiritual habits. Andrea is so excited over there. I keep promoting these spiritual habits. We also, I also to the Holy Spirit. Remember how Jesus had said he's given us the Holy Spirit? He's given us the Holy Spirit that we can ask. Does this resonate in my spirit? Often I do this. Is this a me feelings thing? I have a lot of feelings. We all, most of our staff know I have a lot of feelings. Is this a feeling or is this a spirit-led thing? is this from God? And I have to be able to put it and submit it to him and say, is this from you? And sometimes you have to wait and see. You might not know right away, like in Lee's in my story. Another thing I do to check is I ask other believers around me. I bounce an idea off someone and say, does this sound like something God would speak to me? Is this something that's from God, do you think? And it has to be someone that you trust, that you know that hears from God as well and see if it resonates in their spirit as well too. Does this resonate in your spirit? Yes, or I don't know, maybe we can spend more time praying in that space. And sometimes we can, we can feel like God has become silent. Has that ever happened? What if, what if we're in a space where we feel like God is silent? Did you know there's occasions, probably multiple, but I've only found two of occasions in the Bible where God is silent? He's, he's, he's actually, David laments in Psalms, he's, David, I'm a little bit like David, we have a lot of feelings, but David laments in Psalms, and he's like, oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. Here I am by night, and you're still not answering. Where are you? Where are you, oh God? How long do I have to wait? Oh, how long? Where are you? It's okay to ask, where are you? Sometimes it feels like he's very silent. And Job, who went through the whole gamut of things, if you don't know his story, wow, he's gone through everything. And he cries out to God that there's no answer right away. I think there's an interesting key in that one, and I'll tell you that in a second. But if there's silence, I often look at four things. If there's silence and I'm, I'm coming up against this same thing of where is God and he's not speaking to me, other than these other things that I've said about spending time, opening our heart. The first one I say is, am I actually listening? Are there barriers or distractions or things that I've put in place, walls that I've put up between me hearing from God? So that's the first thing. If God is silent, have I put distra- have I put barriers up? Am I really actually listening? It's like, oh, God doesn't speak to me, but I actually don't spend any time with him. Second thing I look at when I feel like God is silent, is He actually speaking, but I don't like the answer? I think we've all been there before. Someone says no, you're like, <gasps> that can't be it. I'll go back and I'll plead again. I think this is the wrong answer. God changed your answer. <laughs> Sometimes he, he, he isn't silent, but we just don't like the answer because what if it, it's scary? I'd like you to quit your job. I want you to move to another country. Now, that can't be God. Seems way too hard, way too challenging. Sometimes it can be so scary. Give to someone else? I hardly have anything myself. How could that be God? The third thing I look at is sometimes he's saying, wait. And we think it's silence. So this is an answer as well. And waiting can be so hard, but God is also in the waiting and his timing is always perfect. In Psalm 27, 14, it says, wait for the Lord, be strong, take heart and wait for the Lord. The waiting draws us closer to him, doesn't it? And it puts us in a place of relying on him. We're waiting for an answer and it's like, David again, oh, how long can I wait? How long will this be? How long will it last? But sometimes it's in the waiting and, and just trust that God's timing is perfect. The fourth thing I look at when I feel like there's a silence, as I think about Job again, and I wonder if it's a silence of trust. You know, in Scripture it says that God has given us the power of sound mind so we can make decisions ourselves. Sometimes he doesn't need to make every decision for us. It's like, oh, what boots do I wear today? You know, sometimes he's clear you need to wear these because there's a reason behind it. But generally, God has given us a power of sound mind so we can make decisions for ourselves. I love what Oswald Chambers says in my utmost for his highest. You will find that he has trusted you in the most intimate way possible with absolute silence. He's trusted you with silence. Not a silence of despair, but one of pleasure because he saw that you could withstand an even bigger revelation. It's because your spiritual faith is so much more mature. You don't need to have him speaking to you every single thing. Maybe he trusts you so much with whatever decision or whatever situation that you're facing. Maybe you're so, your heart is so in line with his already that he's allowing you to make that choice. And he's silent because he trusts you. I trust you to make that decision. As we close, I just wanna encourage you that the more we practice listening, the more familiar his voice is gonna become. And we begin to know that feeling when God is speaking to us. And for me, it's that prompting or that that quickening in my spirit. It's like, oh, this is so God, this is so not me. Or you'll see little things come together where, it's a great example with Chrissy, she just spoke a, a scripture this morning and it was exactly another confirmation for me that God is here and he's with me, yes. Practice. Put it into practice. John ten twenty seven says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Let's stand. I'm going to ask the band to come up. I want us to consider as we close. First thing to consider is, have we positioned ourselves to hear? Have we positioned ourselves to hear? Secondly, can you put these up, Pam? Thank you. Secondly, will we allow God to speak to us without an agenda? Open listening. And thirdly, how can we begin practicing listening now? What do you need to do? Are there some habits that you can put into place? Are there certain things that you can do to begin practicing hearing from him now? And it's okay if you don't get it right every single time. That's the point of practice. I love that in Scripture it says practice, practice, practice. It's not perfect, perfect, perfect. Practice. You might not get it right every time, but if you have a humble spirit and you're teachable and you're open to hearing him lead and guide you, I can almost guarantee you more often than not, you will find that he will do something beyond your imagination. And you will find that, uh, I don't know, I can't even explain it. It will be something beyond that you could even imagine. You see yourself, find yourself here in Australia. Things like that. Amazing stories. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for this time that we've had together. To receive from your word. God, I pray that the words that we needed to hear this morning would resonate in our spirit. Lord, help us to have our our hearts open to you. Our spiritual eyes open to what you're doing around us. And Lord, help us respond in the way that would honor you and bring you glory, Father. We lift up this time to you and we thank you for every person that's in this room and at home watching today. We thank you that you love them and that you pursue them and that you have a, an incredible plan for people's lives, Lord. And we just ask, Lord, that you would continue to be walking alongside of us whatever journey that we're facing this week. In Jesus' name, amen.